Hi, everybody. Uh, let's pray. Jesus, I just want to thank you. You walked into the room when we arrived because you live in us. And you've walked into the room. And you've walked into the room to take us far beyond. Jesus, we celebrate you are here as Lord and as Saviour. Jesus, and you fully reveal who the Father is. And we thank you for who you are. And Lord, this is not about me speaking or Pauline speaking. This is about us encountering our Heavenly Father. This is about us being fully reconciled to him through you, Jesus. Uh, it is about you encountering us and us encountering you. And so, Jesus, we just pray, as I talk, you just do what you have come to be. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Uh, I really appreciate Margaret's choice of songs. There was a line in one of those songs, where are we? Yes, isn't that the truth? So, uh, I'm on a journey which will be happening before your very eyes. The invite is to be included in this journey which is happening before your very eyes. Um, because it's preparing a message, seeking the Lord, and it went, oh. I went, oh. Then I realised it was the first in a series, and then we hit ground zero. Um, we have to understand and live in the enormity of the forgiveness which we have actually personally received. We can talk about forgiveness, but we won't go very far unless we actually really get in touch with the enormity of the forgiveness which we have received. That is the door to being reconciled to our Heavenly Father so that we can be transformed to be like him. So uh, Pauline's going to share on offence, I'm sharing on forgiveness, so I'm going to quickly take you on a journey which begins in Exodus 34. Exodus 20, they had received the law, and then further instructions followed. Moses went up the mountain, that was recorded, and then Moses came down the mountain. Came down the mountain to discover the people had been into idolatry. And then there were conversations between God and Moses. And Moses, as recorded in Exodus 33, said, Lord, your presence, your presence, your presence. If your presence doesn't go with us, we're not moving from here. That should be the cry of our hearts recognizing the presence of God moving us forward there's something I need to say how many of you are praying for revival stop waiting for it to arrive be revival hello that's my prayer Lord we're not waiting for you Lord you're waiting for us Exodus 34 comes a revelation of God and verse 5 then the Lord 
came down in the cloud and stood there with Moses and proclaimed his name, the Lord. And he passed in front of Moses proclaiming, the Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands, and that means thousands of generations, and forgiving wickedness, rebellion and sin. Yet he does not leave the guilty unpunished. There's a revelation of God that when you read through the Old Testament, you don't actually see much of that. You see much more law and judgment and dealing with people. But Exodus 34 is a fullness of revelation of who God is. He's the Lord. He's the Lord. And Jesus, you walked into this room of King of Kings and Lord of Lords. That's who you are. And whatever anybody else cares to say, I won't change the truth of who you are. Lord, we need to go on receiving forgiveness day by day by day. But he's gracious, compassionate, slow to anger, rich in love, having mercy and forgiving. Three things is specifically named in this revelation which found fulfillment and revelation on the earth through Jesus Christ, through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. He forgives wickedness, forgives rebellion, he forgives sin, but he does not leave the guilty unpunished. The amazing revelation of Jesus Christ as Lord and Saviour coming personally why does he need to forgive wickedness? Because we as people are wicked. Why does he need to forgive rebellion? Because we as people are living in rebellion. Why does he need to forgive sin? Because we as people sin. And so there are two parts to what I'm sharing. I was unexpectedly saved in 1975. Nobody saw it coming. My beloved wife had prayed. She'd given herself to live a godly life. I could argue with her words, but I could not argue with a changed life. And so one night, we'd drawn up rules. We don't talk about God unless I brought up the subject. One night, I brought up the subject. And because I'd come from the pub, uh, I had to go to the toilet and... Whilst I was at the toilet, Pauline prayed, God, you've got to do something about him. <laughs> That's the truth. Um, so I came out and said, okay, if God's real, we'll pray and I will know. And as you heard my testimony before, a lot of you, um, she said the 1975 equivalent of right, you're on. And so we got ready for bed. I sat up in bed and prayed, God, if you're real, I want to know. And faster than I can tell you, I instantaneously knew God was real. Hallelujah. I was found by God when I was not looking for him. 
And that is a bit of a dream testimony because I know I didn't earn it, I hadn't worked towards it, I had not pleaded for it. It was totally sovereign love of God. But I knew two things, which have been a great challenge ever since. God really is real. Because he's real, it's all or nothing. I encountered Jesus Christ very personally as my saviour and my lord. What was I saved from? I was saved from a whole raft of things. I was saved from myself. My wife saying, God, you've got to do something about him, was a heartfelt cry from my wife who loved me. I was saved from myself. For which I am very, very grateful. I was saved from other people's sin. How many of you have ever been sinned against? Most of you. Well, I bless those of you who didn't raise your hands and said, you have no idea what you've missed out on. <laughs> Sorry about that. It's just the truth. But you see, when, peop when people sin against us, not if... We are so vulnerable to carrying unforgiveness, offence, the rest of our lives. But we've really encountered the living God. He can save us from other people's sin. And Pauline will talk about offence. But I was saved from hell. There's a move in our society to try and convince people that hell is not real. We'd better believe hell is real. We don't want to talk about it because it's so unbelievably bad. Far, far beyond what we can possibly imagine. But the real hell is not the pain, the torment. It's been separated from love. That is the real hell. In addition to all that goes with it. It's the separation from love. Unfortunately, I have been involved with praying for people who have really encountered how evil, evil really is. And you're going, people want to spend eternity with that evil and be separated from love. I am so grateful I have been saved and rescued from a hell of eternal separation from the living God, who is love, who is my father and your father. But there was a line in the song about from the fury of love I have been saved from the wrath of God we have no idea what fury and wrath of perfect love is really like I had an encounter with God not too long ago and God was communicating with me I have no idea how he really really has longed to deal with evil. He has to watch evil perpetrated against his children and through his people day by day by day. He is gracious, kind, compassionate. But he has to watch what everything that goes on. He really, really wants to deal with it, but he's holding off because he wants us to be saved because he knows the greater consequences of eternal separation from him. 
I encounter Jesus Christ as my Lord and Saviour, and I still do. I am so, so grateful. I know my sins are forgiven. But I really want to be in touch, and I believe you do too, with the reality of that forgiveness. Um, a few years ago, and some of you have heard me say this, um, there's that song, I'll never know, no, you'll never know how much it cost to see my sin upon that cross. I'll never know how much it cost to see my sin upon that cross. The enormity of what we just celebrated, of what God did personally and goes on doing personally for us. But I'd come over Chief Pegwis Bridge, driving down, and the song changed. And if you've heard me say this before, this was so, so impacting for me. The words changed. You'll never know how much it cost to see my son upon that cross. The price which our Heavenly Father paid to watch what we did to Jesus so that we could be reconciled to our Heavenly Father. People wonder, well, why ever would I go to hell? It's because God has perfectly redeemed us and made everything possible to be fully reconciled. We are rejecting that. We are settling our eternal destiny. I have been saved from that. And so have you. But it's encountering Jesus as our saviour. Ongoing. Um, if I visit, you don't have to turn there, but if I visit Psalm 51, I'm, I'm headed to Luke chapter, uh, I'm headed to Luke 5. So if you turn to Luke 5, Psalm 51 is David's psalm of repentance. It's okay, love. You can get to say the same. We don't know what he's talking about. All right. So this is what David says. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion. He's calling on the revelation of Exodus 34. Blot out my transgressions, wash away all my iniquity, cleanse me from my sin, for I know my transgressions. My sin is always before me. And then he says this, against you, you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. Well, I read that and go, that is the truth, but I think Uriah the Hittite might have something to say about that. You, David arranged Uriah the Hittite's death. Probably Bathsheba might have something to say about that because he committed adultery. The child who died might have something to say about that because died because of David's sin. But it is the truth. David sinned against God. Because David lived in a living relationship with the living God. And I'm going to come back to that. Then, Luke 5. 
why really was Jesus crucified? What really got them? Well, it begins in Luke 5. God had perfect freedom in choosing what Jesus would do whilst he was on the earth. Everything Jesus did was very deliberate, orchestrated by his Father. So, in Luke 5, verse 17, we read that Jesus was teaching, Pharisees, teachers of the law, were sitting there. They come from every village of Galilee, from Judea, Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal the sick. And today, the power of the Lord is with Jesus to heal us. That truth remains even more so. Some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a mat, tried to take him into the house to lay him before Jesus. When they could not find a way to do this because of the crowd, they went upon the roof and lowered him on his mat through the tiles into the middle of the crowd, right in front of Jesus. When Jesus saw their faith, he said, friend, your sins are forgiven. He didn't say, friend, be healed. He said, friend, your sins are forgiven. The presenting issue looked like a paralyzed man on a mat being lowered down. Jesus knew that wasn't the real issue. The real issue, this man needed his sins forgiven. Whatever presenting issue we may have, the real issue is that our sins are forgiven. We encounter Jesus as our saviour, but then the Pharisees and the church of the law began thinking to themselves, who is this fellow who speaks blasphemy? Who can forgive sins but God alone? Which is the truth. Jesus revealed in that statement that he is the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of the living God, and that upset the religious people. But then Jesus said, why are you thinking these things in your hearts? Which is easy to say, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up and walk. I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the paralyzed man, I tell you, get up, take your mat and go home. Immediately, he stood up in front of them, took what had been lying on and went home praising God. Everyone was amazed, it was days of awe. People were really impacted. The people loved Jesus, but the Pharisees went away to start plotting how to kill him. Goes on later. That was the issue which caused Jesus to be crucified, humanly speaking. It's because he was saying, I forgive sin, which reveals only God can actually forgive sin. We can speak forgiveness but it's wiped out in eternity because it's God who's forgiving. I am forgiven because God has forgiven me. I am forgiving, forgiven. I have sinned against you. I have sinned against people. I need to ask their forgiveness, but really the issue is I have sinned against God. And then, are we okay for time? What time? Luke 7. <laughs> okay, Luke 7. I haven't forgotten you. I'm working towards it. <laughs> Luke 7. Verse 36. Jesus anointed by a sinful woman. A woman in that town who lived a sinful life learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house. So she came there with an alabaster jar of perfume. 
As she stood behind him at his feet weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears. Then she wiped them with her hair, kissed them, and poured perfume on them. When the Pharisee who invited him saw this, he said to himself, If this man were a prophet, he would know who is touching him and what kind of woman she is. That She's a sinner. Jesus answered him, Simon, I have something to tell you. Tell me, Chichi said. Two people owed money to a certain money lender. One owed him 500 denarii, the other 50. Neither of them had the money to pay him back, so he forgave the debts of both. Now which of them will love him more? That isn't about money, but every culture understands about money. He says, well, I suppose the one who had the bigger debt forgiven. You've judged correctly, Jesus said. He turned toward the woman and said to Simon, do you see this woman? I came into your house. You did not give me any water for my feet, but she wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. The lowest of the lowest of the servants washed people's feet as they came into the house. You did not give me a kiss, but this woman, from the time I entered, has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not pour oil on my head, but she has poured perfume on my feet. Therefore I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven, as her great love has shown. But whoever has been forgiven little, loves little. Then Jesus said to her, your sins are forgiven. The other guests began to say among themselves, who is this who even forgives sins? Jesus said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Can I ask uh, Keith Miners the obvious question? And you're included if you want to be included. Am I closer to the woman or am I closer to Simon the Pharisee? How much in touch am I, am I really about the enormity of how much I have been forgiven? That woman knew she was a sinner. She was in touch. I need a saviour. And that saviour is Jesus. The Pharisee was not in touch with his need to be saved. He was just in image. Pharisees had the best image around. But Jesus said, being forgiven little, you love little. I don't know your story. I wasn't a significant sinner. I was just a regular respectable sinner. <laughs> Any of you can identify with that. You see, here are amazing testimonies of people being delivered from all sorts of sin. Well, the enormity of my sin is still as enormous as the most enormous sinners. Because it was against God personally. I was sinning against God personally. I was denying who he is and what he'd done for me personally at the cross. And so, behind this series, God is saying to us, um, really, we don't wallow in our sin like three months ago's garbage, but we recognise the enormity of being forgiven. And then, after Pauline's done, I will close by getting us in touch 
with the reality as Christians of the enormity of how we still sin against God. We may have been sinned, we may have been freed from sin and saved, but God is taking us way deeper into him and understand our relationship with him. But anyway, Pauline's going to come. Hello, dear. Okay. Hi, everyone. It's good to be here again. Um, Keith said I'm going to talk on offence and second party offence, but really, I want to talk about graciousness. And God, this morning, the Lord really has encouraged me in all kinds of ways. In pre-service prayer, Margaret prayed about grace. Uh, you, you actually prayed for us all regarding grace. And uh, we sang one of the, the songs about the gra grace. And, and then Christine had about, I think it said, the blood of Jesus procuring grace for us. I think that was the phrase. So that's what I want to talk about in the context of getting offended about things. And Keith already said about... Uh, we've all been forgiven uh, so I looked up in Romans 3 it says there is no difference for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus and I noticed that it starts with this little phrase there is no difference and that's what Keith was just saying there's no difference because we all have fallen short and um, that kind of struck me as I read it that there's no difference all of us need that forgiveness one way or another and um, then the other scripture I do like to use scripture when I'm speaking about anything because that's our plumb line right and it's living and active <laughs> um, then Ephesians 2 but because of his great love for us God who is rich in mercy made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions it is by grace you have been saved and we all know that verse or most of us would do I would imagine um, it is by grace we have been saved but then I also noticed what the next verse says and it says and God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. And it, I thought, isn't that interesting? We, we are saved by grace, but look what happens next. He seats us with him in the heavenly realms. And we're, the Lord's revealing a lot to us, I think, in these days about being seated in the heavenly realms. And it's exciting and wonderful. But it's because of his great love and what he did by dying for us and showing his grace to us. And once we get a real understanding of that, then we can enjoy the heavenly realms. And I just hadn't noticed that juxtaposition of the two scriptures until I read it maybe this, this morning, actually. I thought, oh, that is so interesting that it, we get a real revelation of forgiveness and grace and then we have this access to the heavenly realms it's all available to us it's all available to us because of what Jesus did on the cross and he puts it together to make us see 
He wants us to be saved by grace, but he also wants us to live in the heavenly realms. That's where he does want us. That's what he's also made available to us. So I hadn't planned to say that, but I just saw it this morning, so um, I'm sharing it. So to what I had thought to say, if I can get it in some kind of order here. Um, Offence is such a hook in our lives. And I'm sure we've all suffered from being offended and of course if it's second party i.e. if you're offended on somebody else's behalf it's even harder to deal with especially if that offence is against people that you really love and care about and you know how it goes round and round and it comes back to visit you and it's just horrible and um, you feel you have a right to it because you've you've been hurt or somebody you love has been hurt you feel you have a right to this offence but we don't have a right to it we can, I think we, the Lord understands that we feel upset, we feel hurt, we feel angry, but we are not to stay there because that's not gracious. And we can't be gracious by ourselves. We have to um, receive that from the Lord. Uh, and <laughs> I'm sure I, this, I'm sure even if I was asked, but I'm not going to. <laughs> I've probably offended some of you, unintentionally maybe. I probably unintentionally, I didn't mean to offend you, honestly, if I have, I do say sorry. But maybe because I've unintentionally, or I had some good reasons why I made decisions and choices that you don't know all the reasons, you may have been a a little upset with me. And like, well, why didn't she da-da-da-da-da? But um, maybe you're not. Maybe you're just wonderful, gracious people. But, you know, um, we've all offended other people. We can almost guarantee it. And it's the same thing. There's no difference. We all need grace and forgiveness. We all need to um, recognize that we need to be gracious people. And I'm, I'm really praying about being a gracious person because that reflects the Lord, right? He's so gracious. And I want to be more gracious. But it's not easy to be more gracious when the Lord really takes a hold of you. Is it? Um, um, Since we've been in the Maritimes, we have had huge experience of being offended, especially second party offence. And um, it's been really a challenge to me and to our family. We've encountered things there we were not expecting to encounter. And it's been working this in me big time so i've been living this i'm i'm not preaching some theory here to you i really have been living in being gracious and realizing that i am a sinner as well and i having to forgive because it's this about forgiveness so it's been a real reality to us and i don't want to go into too many details about it because that would be not right and uncovering things but um, you know it's like if we're not forgiving and we're not gracious it's like we've got this weight on our back that we're dragging around with us all the time I know preachers use this illustration but it does feel like that you're heavy you're depressed you're angry you're you know your energy it takes up so much energy being offended you don't, have, you don't have energy for other things because you're just, just going round and round in your head and you're getting madder and madder. 
and um, feeling justified and justified and wanting to sort you feel frustrated because you can't fix it I think that's one of the things I'd felt I was so frustrated because I wanted to fix this and I couldn't I can't fix it it's got to be fixed in God's timing in God's ways and um, so all these negative things they just drain us and we're just dragging them around and that's not how we're meant to live and um, we have to trust I think we have to trust the Lord that he is in control and that however we see the we see the real results and then for us it's been real results like practical results in the in lives of our dear ones um, they're really difficult and really made very hugely made huge challenges for them but I have to trust that they are in God's hands and he will see them through and they will find God uh, he will be faithful to them and bring them through as he is doing and see his provision for them you know there's a scripture somewhere where I didn't look up and it says he's able to keep what I have entrusted to him until that day and that's the scripture I'm, you have, I feel I have to hang on to or we have to hang, hang on to if we see people we love um, going through things um, that he's able to keep them because we've entrusted him, them to him he's able to keep them until that day the day when he returns or the day when they meet with him that he's able to help them and, be, and he will be faithful to them and to me so it's letting go now I know the letting go is a process so I think first of all you know we do we said first of all we do the right thing we forgive in our mind you know we take the scriptures we forgive but the emotions don't always let's be real they don't always follow and um, we have to keep pursuing this and keep you know, making this declaration in the spirit this is what I'm choosing even when my emotions are not haven't caught up with this because we just have to go for it and realize that we need mercy and compassion too and um, so in this present little situations that we've been in there was this one of the situations oh what I was going to say was then the Lord gives us opportunities to see if this is what we're saying is real yet has it actually worked in our emotional soul is this real we might have done it in our spirit but are we really living it so I have had opportunities in this process to find out if how real this really is so um, one of the situations something had happened and of course I'm mad I'm upset I'm really cross I'm not being helpful to other members <laughs> of the family because and I'm going down a track right the track of hurt um, anger all these things and I start to get heart palpitations and I thought oh, I, I recognize oh my goodness now it's really affecting my body this is really bad so of course I go before, to the Lord and say I'm so sorry Lord I realize I've just not um, you know I'm not I'm failing here big, big time I'm not free in this and repent and it took about three days before my body could react respond to what I declared in this in my heart and it took about three days 
before these heart palpitations stopped. But it was a big lesson to me. You know that. Don't go there. This is really not what the Lord wants. This is wrong. Don't go there. You're not trusting me. You're not trusting me in, this, in these circumstances. So that was one opportunity. The, another, the, other, the other situation, I don't want to say too much because I'm on, I'm, But just to say, the other opportunity, the other situation, I had an opportunity where all I wanted to do, really, was face plant a certain person into the flesh. I did. I was holding on to myself because everything in me wanted to just... Mention that was in the middle of worship. Oh, it was in the middle of worship, yes. Which made it even worse, right? And I thought, this is terrible. This is really bad. I have not, I'm not through this yet. I'm certainly not through this. It was so, I, so, so bad that I left the room. I went to the bathroom. I thought, I've got to get myself sorted out here. I mean, I recognize, Pauline, you are not through on this yet. You are not through on this. You are not trusting the Lord. You are not through on it. So I went and got myself uh, as well, you know, I tried as best as I could before the Lord. I said, Lord, I'm so sorry. I realize, I realize this is wrong. This was terrible. I'm not there yet. Please help me. Give me grace. Forgive me. And, you know, repented everything to put it right. Because what I want is to feel towards those, the people that I'm mad with, that A, they have to, uh, you know, I haven't acted 100%, and if I, they probably have reasons why they're mad with, you know, why they're upset. And uh, that's one thing. But the other, the other is, we all need mercy and compassion. We need mercy and compassion. We have to see that we want mercy and compassion from the Lord in the difficult circumstances. We want his mercy, his grace, his compassion for us and for other people because we all need it. We all need his mercy and compassion. And if we're going to have unity in the body, we have to have his mercy and compassion. And... Um, that's where I sometimes we can put things right sometimes we can't we can just give it to the Lord sometimes we can just put things right move on and, ha and have ha it's all sorted and we, are, we have fine, it's all fine sometimes we can put it right and sometimes we can't put it right and sometimes we, if we can't actually put it right we can at least know that we are free but sometimes, you know, because I like reconciliation. I don't like broken relationships, especially in the body of Christ. But sometimes we have to just trust the Lord. And we, and we have seen this happen in our lives too, where there's, we've had heartbreaking situations um, or difficult things. And God, in his time, has brought reconciliation. You know, if, you, if, if there's not reconciliation, it's like a, a, a wound in your body for me. It's like something won't heal, really, because I long for, because there's a brokenness in the relationship. It's like a wound that won't heal. And um, 
one, there was a situation where this had gone on for a long time and a lady, we, went to a, we were visiting somewhere and a lady had a, a word for me, a picture and she shared it with me and I knew immediately what it was and um, it was a little bit um, chastising of me thought she was quite brave to share it with me actually <laughs> at the time because you know it was a little bit of a rebuke in it but I knew, I knew exactly what it was about and I took it to the Lord but it was a hopeful it was hopeful and I took it to the Lord and not long after that the whole thing got resolved and there's nothing more wonderful than having unity in the spirit having unity with, bro with your brothers and sisters it's because it's, it's, it's how it's meant to be so um, I think it's my prayer is as we return, I would like, I'm hoping that for some, there's some situations that need reconciliation. There is. And I'm hoping it will happen. But um, I want to have love and compassion um, and mercy for myself, but have, um, ask for mercy for me, but have mercy and compassion so that that real grace is manifest in my life because that's glorifying to Jesus, right? So I'm not there yet and I'm working on being more gracious and compassionate and merciful. Um, but that's what I would pray for you folks too. That God would just, as a church, kind of sort of pray, <laughs> I would declare it, that you would be such a gracious people. The grace of the Lord Jesus would be so manifest in your lives that you, you would be seen so merciful and compassionate but that it would be one of the hallmarks of you as a body. These are such gracious people. They're so gracious. They're so um, loving and kind and have such a grace about them because it's so winsome. The grace of the Lord for those who are, he's, you know, the, the fragrance of those who are being saved. It, the graciousness is so winsome out there to everyone it's so such a winsome thing because it's all about who Jesus is so Lord bless bless this body and all those who are visiting today with such a graciousness that comes from you who is the spirit thank you Lord we just pray that in Jesus name amen oh I've got it stuck on my sweater now oh no there you go <laughs> Is that far enough up? Is that good for sound? All, all good on the sound? Yeah, on the recording. So, um, I'm so appreciative of Pauling saying that. Yeah, sorry. But the reason is, she is really in touch with reality. She's not putting on a show, she's not being religious, she's saying, this is reality. God moves in on reality. He knows the total truth about all of us. He's putting us in the truth about us. So what is going on? So going down a bit of a checklist. Are you really in touch with the vastness of your forgiveness and receiving Jesus to the fullness as your saviour? Lord, we pray that. The enormity of how much we've been forgiven is really released and we walk in the revelation of that. 
Forgiveness does not just happen. Mercy and forgiveness follows judgment. We were judged. But Jesus paid the fullness of the price. Our sin takes us to an eternal separation from God the Father. But the wrath of God fell on Jesus at the cross. And he really wants us to understand the enormity of that. When we forgive other people, it's not good enough to say, oh, it doesn't matter, it's all right, it was nothing. Sin took Jesus to the cross. The enormity of that. It is not, oh, nothing, oh, it's okay. It's a case of saying, yeah, you were wrong, I forgive you. But a bigger deal with God is this. Releasing forgiveness is crucial, but we judge other people by their actions or words. We judge ourselves by our intentions. Pauline had been sinned against, and it was very clear, but she had to wait for the other person to get to the realization. God spoke to them, and they quickly came to Pauline and said, I am so sorry, I am so sorry. God spoke to me and told me what I did to you all those years ago. There's a question God's laying out to us. Um, who is waiting actually for us to ask forgiveness? What we said and did to them? We are very much in touch where we've been sinned against. We're usually not in touch where we've sinned against others because we judge them by their actions, but ourselves by our intentions. Our intentions were good. However, I am a sinner saved by grace. Because of that, I am a son. I am a saint. I am sealed with the Holy Spirit. But Pauline said, we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. God really wants to make us like him, which is the weight of Pauline's message. He is gracious, compassionate, slow to anger, full of love, rich in forgiveness. We don't just forgive, we walk in forgiveness. That's his nature and character. That's why he is eager to put us in touch with reality so that we really walk like him. We live in a culture which is all about deception, image, lies, idolatry. That's the culture in which we live. But that's not the kingdom of God culture. This is being like him. Receiving forgiveness and releasing forgiveness. So it's been our honour to start this. But... Let's make it more practical. The most difficult person to forgive is ourselves. Uh, it's been my joy to pray for so many people all over the world. And so often the big issue is people forgiving themselves. I know God's forgiven me, but I can't forgive myself. If that's you, the bad news is it's actually rooted in pride. It seems like humility. It's not. It's saying, well, I know better than God. So I just want to pray. Lord, if we are trapped 
by not being able to forgive ourselves will you break that that we line up with you our sins are forgiven and we walk as you walk knowing that sin is a very big eternal deal but you have freed us and Jesus we receive your forgiveness we walk in your forgiveness release your forgiveness and Lord will you put us in touch with reality that we're not a facade we are very real sons and daughters of you saints of you and sealed with the Holy Spirit as a living reality you don't want us living less than you've, you've died to make us be thank you Lord Amen